Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Sergeant First Class John Valentine. Welcome to the Veterans Be Real podcast. Here's where we try to keep it real and do our best to help all our fellow veterans out there. This podcast will hopefully open our veterans' eyes into the transition and challenges they are facing and give them some guidance along the way. Please subscribe and download our podcast. We look forward to you, your insight, and your loyalty. Thanks for listening. And now, here's Veterans Be Real. All right, good afternoon, Veteran Be Real listeners. Here it's Sergeant Be Real, and I have Dr. Ann James on today. So that should give you a little insight that there are some veterans that get out and really progress into something really big when they get out. And hopefully Dr. James has a little bit to kind of explain to how she was in the military, what she's done, and where she's at now. And we're excited to have her on board. We think there's going to be a lot of value out here for a lot of you that are striving to become something more than what you were when you were in the military. So this could be a very good episode for you to listen to. So Dr. James? The floor is yours. All right, all right. Well, once again, Sergeant Be Real, <laughs> thank you for the invitation to join your listeners here today and just to really come on and just talk about a few things. I love the opportunity when I can come on in any fashion and speak with my fellow veterans. So thank you so much. But yeah, just a little bit about me as I'm a proud Air Force veteran, served 21 years of service. Actually, my stepfather, he was in the army. So I knew better. I knew I wasn't going to do the army, right? <laughs> yeah, you knew better. You know exactly what track to follow. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I do not want to do PT five o'clock in the morning. I look good in blue. So there you go. That's why I went Air Force. But yeah, I chose the Air Force straight out of high school, you know, so the military was all I knew, 18 years old. And the only job I had before that was working at McDonald's. Uh, so straight out of high school, I um, joined the Air Force. I was in um, California at, at the time. So the Air Force basic training was at Lackland Air Force Base. So we all know how that goes. Went in as an E-1. Slick sleeve, as they call it, no stripes. So graduated from there and was selected to be personnel, you know, human resources, you know, that type stuff. So from there, I went to Keesler. So just fast forward a little bit. My job, like I said, was on personnel. I was stationed stateside. First base was Ellsworth, South Dakota, which was a culture shock for me coming from California. (laughs) I didn't even know where South Dakota was. I had to look on the map. (laughs) I'm like, where the heck is South Dakota? Southwest. So needless to say, exactly. So needless to say, I did everything that I could to get out of there. So, you know, the Air Force had what you call, you know, you can volunteer to go worldwide. So, you know, at the time I was single and that's exactly what I did. I was like, I don't care. I'll go anywhere in the world, whatever. So I left up and I got Italy. So... Yeah, that's a cold yeah, dream so from, from South, South Dakota, Dakota to Italy. Let's go. <laughs> yes, it, Drastic change, drastic yeah. change. So from South Dakota to Italy, I loved it. You know, I yeah, just, but you did. what can you say? Being in Europe, I loved it. And then from Europe, well, let me back up. You know, a lot happened when I was in Italy. I got married there. I had my first and only child there, my daughter. Oh, so weird. from there, went to Germany. Unfortunately, like a lot of military couples experience, I got divorced. <laughs> you know, military marriages are hard, you in know. There. So yeah. here I am over <laughs> 
there you go. And so here I am, I found myself overseas, a single parent, you know, but you know, the family atmosphere that was there really helped me out. Another thing that really, not only a single parent, at that time, my daughter, she was diagnosed with, um, at the time, it was developmental delays, what they now call autism. So it was rough, man. <laughs> that sounds like a challenge uh, for a single mom, for sure. Yeah. 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 It was rough, you know, being overseas, you know, that's my first time ever leaving the States and just being overseas away from my actual family, blood family. But, you know, at the same time, military was my family. So it was hard. It was really hard. But, you know, I pulled through. So from there, I uh, came back to the States at another place I hated, Dias, Abilene, Texas, which was Dias Air Force Base. Yeah, I hated it, man. I was going to get out. I was about eight years in at the time, right? So now it's like eight years in. Um, What do you do next? And I was going to get out. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I hated it. I hated my supervisor. I hated the place. But fortunately, somebody that actually sat me down and talked to me, and they was like, Ann, you know, don't make a decision, a lifelong decision off of one person. You know, you want to get out because you hate this person. You know, people come and go in the military. So it was at that point, I'm like, okay, if I'm going to stay in, I'm going to make the most of it. So as I mentioned early on, I started as an E1, but then I decided to earn my commission. And I got selected for ROTC, Reserve Officer Training Corps. Nice. Um, and I switched over. As they like to say, I crossed to the other side. Went to the dark side. <laughs> and you listed left. I went to the dark side, but the, the pity was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, so I went to the dark side and earned my commission and came, you know, second lieutenant started all over, man. And, you know, and that was hard. But, you know, at the same time, individuals could tell I wasn't your ordinary lieutenant, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can, I often all of us enlisted guys, all of us enlisted soldiers know we meet a lieutenant that was or a lieutenant that is. You know what I'm saying? It was a was or an is. You were a was. Yeah. We can live with you a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely found that to be true. Once they found out, it was like, no wonder we knew there was something different about you. You know what I mean? Because I can speak that language, you know, and I was sneaking in the enlisted club still. <laughs> <laughs> You know, type stuff. So, uh, yeah, but it was that, you know, that transition right there, that was hard for me too, you know, because I was used to being, I don't want to say being at the bottom, but being where the work was being done, you know what I mean? Just hanging out with, with my fellow yeah, troops. saying that uh, you, were, you were still wanting to be blue collar. You were wanting to be blue collar, but now you're white collar. So you got to kind of, eh. Yeah, but I, yeah, I, they wanted me to be white collar, but I, that's what I struggled yeah, a lot. It was like, hey, it's hard to take that out of you. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it really was. But when I earned my commission, I switched jobs once again before I was personnel. I was finance now as an officer. So I was a financial officer. I was stationed in Montgomery, Alabama. That was my first duty station as an officer. Finance. Actually, I worked the budget side of the house. So a lot of people just know, you know, with finance, the mill pay type stuff. You know, where's my paycheck, you know, or travel pay, that type stuff. But I actually worked the, the budget side where we gave the units their money to complete their mission and stuff like that. And our battle cry was, like you make the kill, we pay the bill. You know that's yeah, nice. There you go. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, isn't it awesome? <laughs> that's, awesome. That's, an, that's, a, that's an amazing way to look at it. Like, hey, you you do that, I'll pay you to do it. Yeah. Hey, you know that's what people think. You know, you work Air Force, you're on the flight line. No, I'm in my nice 
air conditioned office, <laughs> paying these yeah. bills. I'm chilling and giving you money to pay your bills. Do your thing, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Funding the mission, funding the mission. But yeah, so I was at Montgomery. In Montgomery from there, I um, PCS to Shaw, South Carolina, Shaw Air Force Base. I'm in Sumter, South Carolina, um, and, and stuff like still finance. And then, you know, an opportunity came up. Once again, you'll just see how it kind of goes full circle a little bit. Opportunity came up to um, volunteer to be an instructor at ROTC. So oh, wow. that's exactly what I chose to do to apply for that special duty assignment. So I got selected to be an ROTC. I'm instructor at Debt 775 in Columbia, South Carolina, the University of South Carolina. Go Gamecocks. <laughs> <laughs> I was a military dependent. My dad was in the Navy. I lived in South Carolina in Goose Creek for about three and a half years when I was probably about nine to about 12, maybe. So, yeah, I, I have some time in South Carolina, yeah. that hot, muggy environment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, once again, so became an ROTC instructor. And basically, you know, ROTC instructor, we're responsible for molding a future generation of, the, you know, the officer corps. You know, these kids, they were going to college and also learning about military at the same time. So my enlisted days, you know, I was able to bring that to the classroom to be able to speak to both sides and let them know, you know, when they got out with these fresh but butter bars on. Don't think you're running nothing because you're not, you know, type stuff. So they really, I think, appreciated that, you know, and I still, still keep in contact with a lot of them uh, to this day. Nice. So actually, while I was in ROTC, all the while, right, I'm a single parent, you know, so the one of the myths is that you go to ROTC and it's kind of your hideout. You don't get deployed because I've never been deployed, right? And it was already, what, 18 years in by now? I had never been deployed. Get to ROTC, bam, got hit with my first deployment. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. That was probably. I know, like, bro, how the hell did they find me? <laughs> Wait, what? I'm ROTC, what? <laughs> exactly. So actually, I got hit with my first deployment. It was a year long deployment in 2009 to Iraq. Yeah, you know, that was hard. Once again, single parent of a special needs child. Yeah. You know, I had to leave my daughter with my mother, you know, types. Of, well, between my mother and her father, you know, that, that yeah, that was one of the hardest things that I ever had to do was to, you know, leave my daughter and just go into that environment. But, you know, once I got my mind right and got over there, it's like, OK, let's make the most of this thing. It wasn't Iraq was dying down at the time as far as the action compared, you know, Afghanistan yeah. was beefing up. So. I was fortunate in that aspect. And once again, finance. So I knew I wasn't on the front lines, but, you know, damn, they're close enough. <laughs> it don't matter where you're at. There's still noise going on wherever yeah. you're at over there. So, yeah. Yeah. So that was it was a great time, though. You know, I can't complain at all for my first and only deployment. You know, we weren't in tents. You know, Air Force, we had the little trailers, that type stuff. For the most part, I didn't have a roommate because my roommate traveled all the time. We Our bathroom was in our trailer. I didn't have to walk down to use the bathroom, you know, so I'm not going to complain about my deployment. But, you know, I made the most of it really being financed, you know, really helped out. And it really helped with my personal finances because all along, you know, being a single parent, having my personal finances in order was always key. You know, I never right. wanted my daughter to be without that type of stuff. So I looked at that. Deployment as an opportunity is like, okay, 
I'm about to bank this money. You know what I mean? That was my mindset. If I got to be over here, I'm going to get paid and I'm about to bank this money so that when I get back, you know, hopefully things will be different. So, so I, fortunately, I came back from that deployment and my back to ROTC, the University of South Carolina, and my commander at the time, he always knew that I was ready to get out, you know, ready to retire, you know, but I only had like 18 years in. I'm not one of those types that was like, I wanted to do 30. That's I knew when 20 years came, I was gone. I, you know what I'm saying? I was just ready to go. I was just. Oh, I'm, I'm with you, man. I did 20 years in 20 days. I couldn't get out fast enough. I was like, I did my time. I'm ready to roll. Yeah. Exactly. What am I staying for half pay? You know, so but once again, because I switched over right from enlisted to officer, normally officer, you have to do 10 years before you can retire, you know, being a, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. to get my full retirement. So so my commander, he knew, hey, if anything ever comes out where I can retire early, I'm bouncing. You know, that's that's it. Yeah. Sure enough, they came out with a program where if you had eight years in. You know, as an officer, even if you was below, t- I had 20 years in, but I didn't have my time in serve as far as an officer, right. my commission yeah, officer time. time yeah, so if you had at least eight years commission time, you can bounce, you know, if you had your 20 years. My commander at the time, he knew I was on leave that day. I'll never forget it. And he calls me up and he knows not to bug me while I'm on leave. Well, I was at home, but he knows do not bug me while I'm on leave. So he was like, Ann, I know not to bug you, but check your email. I'm like, what? He wouldn't tell me about what. I checked my email. It was about this program, you know, it's not a reduction in force program. You know, hey, if you're an officer eight years in, dude, I went into the office well, that exact same day <laughs> and put my package in. Yeah, you did. You were <laughs> No, because it was like, you know, it's only for a select number. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you only know, had so much time. Close, how many yeah, people they were going to let out. Yep. They were going to make you act fat. Yeah. So, yeah, you had to act fat. My boss, he was laughing. He said, I kind of figured you would act do that, but I didn't know it'd be the same day, you know, type <laughs> yeah. stuff. Uh, so I put my package in and got approved for early retirement. And God, it all happened so fast. I think, whew. I put it in maybe in like April, no, March of April of 2011. And by August, no, by June, I was on terminal leave. So, and I officially retired because I had so much leave from when I deployed, right? So, and I officially retired the end of August. So, September 1st was my official, 2011 was my retirement day. You can kind of see my shadow boxing, <laughs> a little bit of it in the background. I see most of it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, 2011, I retired after 21 years of service. And I knew I didn't want to do nothing. That first year, I knew, once again, I had been planning all along, saving my money. I did not want to have to work to pay bills. So I made sure that I was debt free. And I didn't do nothing for a year. I did what the hell I wanted to do, which was like sit around and drink and, (laughs) you know, just (laughs) go on vacation. And I... Really, I I didn't do, I slept in, I did Zumba. I mean, it's like I did whatever I wanted to do. I didn't work because I had my, you know, my retirement check. So I retired as an 03 Air Force captain, 03E. So, you know, that's a nice little pretty retirement check. Uh, Yeah, so that first year, I I absolutely didn't do anything. And then I decided to go back to school because I still had my, before the 9 I had the Montgomery GI Bill, the old one. You know, yeah, I had the old one too. Uh, I had to switch over. Yeah, exactly. So you know, I'm like, okay, well, I had already had my master's. You know, because 
you know, I know I skipped forward a little bit, but, you know, all the while in the military, I was going to school. That's one of the reasons why I wanted to join was school and travel. So I was fortunate being in finance. You know, I had great supervisors that allowed me to go to school while, you know, while I was at work, whether it was at lunchtime. This was before online became big, you know, that type stuff. So I had my master's up to that point when I retired. So, you know, that's when I decided to go back for my doctorate because, you know, I had my GI Bill and I wasn't going to be one of those statistics and let it expire and not use it. Yeah. So that was in 2013. So four years later in 2017, I finally crossed that line and became Dr. Ann James. So that was another difficult period for me. But, you know, if anything, you know, I didn't have your, I feel like the quote unquote stereotypical transition because I didn't have a hard time. You know what I mean? I didn't experience the unemployment or whatever have you. It's because I planned for it while I was still in. I knew what I wanted to do when I got out. So I set that in motion years before, you know what I mean? Before I transitioned. So I made sure the biggest thing for me was to make sure my, my education that was taken care of. But the financial piece that I had to, I made sure my, I had like six or eight months worth of, on top of my retirement pay, saved up because I didn't want to have to work. It's funny you mentioned that. I didn't have any bills for how to house. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because that was one of my big things as a senior NCO in the Army was when my soldiers came to me and said, hey, Sergeant B, I'm going to ETS, I'm going to get out. I'm like, all right. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm going to drop my, I want to get out. My ETS is, you know, four months from now. I said, well, do you have three, do you have at least three months of living expenses saved up? Because when you get out, you're going to have all these issues and that are looking for a job because you're just kind of making this decision really nilly like last minute. So that was like always one of my big things with my soldiers. Like how much do you have saved up? Because before you get out, you want to make sure you can sustain for a little while because you're not going to get a retirement check because you only did like four years in. You're going to hope you might get a percentage from the VA and we'll see what that goes. But now you got to find a job, then start that job. And then you're not going to get paid for at least two or three weeks because you just started it. I said, so, you know, see, and that, and, that, and I, we're going to talk about the dark side because I think part of it is the dark side better prepares you because as an officer, you live in a, you might not have been the white collar type of officer because you still had your blue collar roots, but you were in an environment where that's how they talked. They talked about their future. officers have a tendency from my point of view, most of the ones I knew growing up throughout my military career, always were looking ahead in the future. Most enlisted soldiers are worried about today, what we got to get done. Yeah, we might think about the future a little bit as far as where we're going or where we want to go, but not as in depth because we don't have that kind of formatted day-to-day kind of conversations with our peers. You know what I mean? Like, because like me as an enlisted guy on a Monday, we're in the motor pool sleeping in the lines and do whatever. We're not in a meeting somewhere going over planning. We're not budgeting. We're not. So we're not in that environment. So I think a lot of us as enlisted guys and gals that get out have a harder time preparing to be prepared to get out. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's harder for us to stage a preparation thing. I don't think it's impossible because I'm sure there's a lot of enlisted guys that got ahead of plans and they did things, but most of those are the senior level enlisted guys that now are working with a lot of officers because their job as a senior NCO, they're up with the officers doing the decision-making and stuff. So that's, I think, one of the beauty. That's why I love having you on, because you can show that it can be done. Like, if you properly plan, separating can be relatively seamless. Yeah, man, exactly. But, you know, and the piggyback off of what you said, right? Yeah, you know, and that's it. A lot of people look at it. Oh, you're an officer. Of course, it was easier. No, my planning started actually when I was enlisted. Right. Every time. So when I made it up to E6 tech sergeant in the Air Force, I was living off my E5, E4 pay. You know what I mean? I knew 
granted, once again, it's a mindset thing. I started self-educating myself about personal finances and being important, you know, that type of stuff. So that when, yeah, I switched over and became an officer, it was already set in place. Everything else was gravy, right? But you're absolutely right is that, and that's one thing that I think that the military don't do well. And that's why I we're going to talk about that going into the business did is that preparing the individuals while they're still in for their transition when they get out financially, not just, you know, all the employment side or how to do interviews and all this other stuff. There's a financial transition that you have to make because a lot of the money that you get, you know, the allowances, whether it's for housing, whether it's for food, whether it's for clothing, your medical, your dental, all that stuff, yeah, you, you may not get if you don't retire or you're just serving four years or like you said. So I feel like, you know, the military could do a better job of preparing or teaching financial transition along that, you know, throughout a service member's uh, time yeah. of service. But I definitely agree with you. Yeah, and because in multiple po- podcasts that I've already done interviews with other veterans, that's one of the things we talk about is that the military as a whole, like I would never bad talk what I did. I, I'm very proud of my service. I'm sure you are too. It's just, yeah, we all had our ups and downs in the military, but everybody has ups and downs in their job. But the point is, as I'm yeah. getting ready to transition out, see, I was like you. I made it all. I made it to E7 relatively fast. In like 10 years, I made E7. But I lived off E5 pay from when I made E5 until the day I retired, right? Because I was putting money away. Mm-hmm. I was putting money in Beth put things away preparing for my future because I knew I only had 10 years left in the army so I'm like well that's not that long so I better start saving or whatever but the one thing I think the military fails us at is they don't give like I've checked out your website I've looked at things you're doing and I mean that's because I I run a nonprofit. that's what I do now I run a nonprofit right outside of Fort Hood Texas and I I provide a credit repair course and a budget class to teach these soldiers and veterans about what interest rates are what you know so, so they can start managing their money better younger so they're better prepared to understand if I just put 50 bucks away every month, I pay myself first and I do this, then I pay my bills. And then when I got left, I look at what I got left and then I make a decision how I want to spend what I have left. Do I want to save more? Do I want to do something nice? Whatever. But the point is we have, I have people online now that are very budget orientated, but, but like what you're doing for soldiers and veterans to, it, it, it's huge because the army and the military as a whole fail us when we get out because they're not preparing us to become a civilian. They're separating us from service, you know, cut sling load. And yeah, goodbye. Peace out. Thanks for your service. Here's your flag. Here's your shadow box. Deuces. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I get it. I understand it because it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a machine. But where I talked about it earlier is if the military, the branches, and then the, the, the government would say, okay, the last eight weeks that anybody's in the military, they have to sit through this course where they get a week and a half of budgeting. They get a week and a half of the interview, our resume, blah, blah, blah. They get a week and a half. You know what I'm saying? So they build us up to better prepare us to say, okay, now I'm a civilian. Because like, like you and me, I put my retirement big when I had like 160-something days of leave and everything secured plus my people. <laughs> so I basically was basically for six months, I wasn't doing nothing. You know what I mean? And then I got back, and then I had to clear. And all I'm doing now is checking the blocks. Because, you know, when you, you get out, you're just – you get a sheet. You check the blocks, turn it in, and you're done. That's Because that's the military mindset that yeah. they have. You go through that in your career, just like when you're doing your job. You had a checklist you went through, or you had an op order you followed, or whatever. So in our heads, it's about follow. But see, if they would have slowed that down and said, hey, look, this is kind of important because to put you back out in the civilian sector and make you productive as a veteran and a civilian, these are the things you need to prepare for. And the biggest thing to me has always been this. 
It's the finance part. It's not whether I, it's not even important how much you make. It's how you budget your money, how you spend your money, and how you pay. Because see, my dad taught me as a young when he was in the navy, and I was a young so, a young dependent. Because I like I did. I was my dad was in the navy for twenty one years when I was growing up. I went in the army when I was nineteen, and I stayed in the army until I was thirty nine. So for thirty nine years, all I understood was the military lifestyle. I never lived as a civilian my whole entire life. Then all of a sudden. 39, I'm a civilian, and I'm like, wait, what do I wear to work? What do I, what? So, all this stuff. But what you do, and what I think a lot of, I, that's why I try to implement a lot of budget stuff in my, my charity because I don't care if you're an E4 and you only make $2,000 a month. You can live off that if you learn to properly budget. You pay your, because my dad taught me, you pay yourself first, Nick. I don't care if you put $25 in your savings account, but the first thing you do, you pay is you put money in savings, then you pay your bills, then you lay out what you want to do with the rest of the money you have left based on how much time before payday and and what you want to do. If you want to go out to dinner, you want to go to a movie, you budget that all in. You don't just let it sit in your bank account and just do things on the whim. you got to plan things out. So that was me. And that's why I grew up like, kind of like you, I was kind of prepared to get out financially because I was kind of saving up and doing something. But a lot of guys don't, they just like get mad at their NCOs. Like, and then I just want to get out, let me out. And they don't think about the repercussions of that not, not preparing themselves. You know, it's like I tell soldiers, it's like yeah. when we train, we go to NTC or we do something before we deploy for a reason. So we train up and prepare to go over to Iraq. Same thing when you're getting out. You have to train your brain to prepare for the lifestyle change. You're not going to get a check every 1st and 15th anymore. Yeah. You're not going to have medical insurance coverage anymore. You're not going to have dental coverage anymore. You're going to have to pay for it. You're going to find a job that provides yeah. it. You know, you're not going to have, you know, the security of picking the phone up and calling your NCO when you're drunk at the bar. You're not going to, you know what I'm saying? All that's going to go away and you're stuck. So, you know, what you do, and I, and I, I was flabbergasted the amount of stuff that you actually provide. I was like, wow, she's really getting deep into the woods here to kind of really get these kids an opportunity to really see this is where you could be. You could raise yourself way up here based on these small little steps I can teach you. And see, so that's important. And I think what you do is amazing. And I think, and that'll be a great thing we talk at the end here when you're talking about what you really do for veterans and soldiers. But you're right, 100%. You, you prepared, I prepared. A few of us, you know, probably 15 or 20% of us really prepare, prepare. But that other 75, 80% kind of wing it. And then that's why they're reaching out to nonprofits yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, the unfortunate piece. But like you said, I think that it needs to start earlier than in, the, in you know, our service, not eight weeks week before you get out. You know what I'm saying? It has to start like that life cycle. I don't know. Make it like a PME course. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, that, you know, like once year academy. Yeah, it should be some, maybe something like once yeah. a year we have to go through a mandated mandated financial briefing courses or whatever that we have to go through and we have to pass something. Them. Yeah. All right. Every time you get promoted or, you know, or something, man, that you, yeah, if they can do these annual trainings like OPSEC or whatever, yeah, you can make I, it a part of your I, annual training. Hey, look, I'm right with you. Like, every time you get yeah. promoted, you should have to go to some kind of financial readiness training to prepare yeah. your raise and yeah. what you can and can't, what you should or should do with that raise. So you're better prepared to be better financially because if you really think, how much stress would that take off the leadership, too? Because how many soldiers or airmen or whatever are coming off because they can't pay their car bill or, or they're behind on their payments and we're getting – I mean, I know when I was a first army, I would get calls three or four times a day about some soldier falling behind on their bills or their car payment, or their car's getting repoed or what. I'm like, what is going on, you know? So I agree. I think if the military yeah. needs to do something like that, like every time you got promoted, you have to, you're with your promotion, you have to take this class. 
and you you know before you officially get promoted yeah. or whatever. So you know what to expect with your raise. Yeah, I agree 100. I think that's an amazing yeah. thought process yeah. too. That might be something we need to bring up. Yeah, so it's something that yeah. Can be- and like you said, it's not about the you know the amount of money that you make. It's how you manage what you have, right? So yeah, people look back and say, oh, she's a doctor or she was an officer and this and this and that. Doesn't matter. So what? It doesn't. You know, more money and more problems just because you make more. Guess more what? Bills. You tend to spend more. Right. So 04s, 05s, 06s, they got problems because you try to live above your means, you know, that type stuff. So it, it really doesn't matter, you know. Yeah, I got, look, I got 05s and, and 05s that come to my food pantry because they got three kids in college and they're all going to big schools and they're paying for school. So they don't have, they're living like a private's living right now because they're paying three tuitions for kids See? in college. They don't have that kind of fun. So I tell you, exactly. it doesn't matter how much money a person makes. What matters is how they spend it. The reason you see that captain driving that Lexus, right. he or she made a determination that that was more important than this. So they sacrificed something to buy that car or buy that whatever. And because I see right. soldiers driving Bentley, I see soldiers driving Escalades or E4s. I'm like, what are you doing driving Escalade? Oh, my combat money. And I'm like, oh, Lord, see, they spent all the money they made on the car. But now their car payment's $900 a month. And I'm like, you're struggling now because you weren't ready for that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's scary. It's scary. So, Back to that, Dr. James. So here's what we'll talk about now. So let's talk about now what you're doing now, because I think it's very important for people to know what you do so they can reach out. Maybe you can educate them in something they can do to make their lives a little easier. So let's listen to that for a minute. Yeah, yeah. You know, basically, like I said, you know, my love of teaching combined it with my love of finance, you know, that's why I kind of combined it to step out on my own to do entrepreneurship. You know, that's a totally different um, beast in itself. So I created, you know, my business, Financial Freedom Battle Buddies. You know, I love that. I love that. that I I love that name. I love that when I saw it. Oh, this is perfect. Look at you. You go, girl. And here's the other thing I'm going to be honest with you. I love the fact that a lot of your focus is on the female. I love that because I don't, I, I'm a big proponent of, I never think female veterans get enough respect, get enough admiration because you guys go through a, you know, it's a good, the military is a good old boys club. Whether you, everybody out there wants to commit or not, it is. That's what it is because it's a combat, you go to war. So that's more of a man thing, blah. But we got some ladies out there that are just ass kickers and name takers. You know what I'm saying? I know it. They're out there. And then when I see your site and I see all the ladies on there, the female soldiers and airmen, I'm like, finally, there's something out there that can let these ladies know that they're just as important. They can see that they're the primary fix of what they're doing. And that's amazing. So I, 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 yeah, I'm very proud to have met you and I'm proud to know you and I'm proud of what you do because I think it opens eyes to people that there's things out there that are available for all the different veteran types. Doesn't matter. So it's amazing what yeah. you're doing. It really is. Yeah. And I, I didn't mean to sidetrack that, yeah, but I just, definitely. I get really, yeah. because I have a lot of female soldiers because I was a medic in the army. So I had female soldiers around me because of what our especially field was. So but when I first came in, I was combat arms. So I didn't have females around. And I was told when I was a young private, don't be around female soldiers. They're going to get you in trouble. They're going to make stuff. So they basically told me, stay away from females in the army because they're going to get you in trouble. They're going to report you for shit you're not. So, but then as I got into a different field and I learned and I, hell, these, some of my female soldiers are better than any of the male soldiers I ever had because they could do it different. But I just, and I have a lot of female soldiers that still like, I have a lot of, now they're officers that went and got commissioned and now they, they still, ACRMV, what should I do with this? And I talked to them about it. Hey, just talk to your NCOs, make sure they're doing this, this, and this. Help yourself get prepared. But what you're doing is just, it, it flabbergasted me because I was just like, wow, she's really, 
digging into this. So that's what's important. So I, I personally appreciate it. I'm not even a female soldier, but I, the point is it's out there for me. <laughs> like I have a ton of female soldiers and veterans that I can, and I'm going to now be able to refer to you and be like, Hey, if you're having, you're getting ready to get out, you should get with this. You should get with Dr. James and see what she can do to help you prepare to be lifestyle change ready. So you're ready. So I'm excited. Yes. You know, yeah, I got to meet you and everything else. And I'm, I'm, I'm dumb. I mean, I'm just amazed that you're on the show with me. That's great because I think Aww. it's going to open the eyes for a lot of people when we when we pro when we publish your episode and we let we do the, the big shout out before the week before, so people can really go check out your Facebook, your website, all that stuff. They can start really seeing who you are and then hear what you're talking about. I think it's going to open people's eyes to say, yeah. you know, hey, so let's hear about it, Doctor James. Let's let's hear the nuts and bolts of what you're doing now with Battle Buddy. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, financial freedom battle buddies. It is specifically, you know, by a woman veteran for women veterans. You know, not to say I won't help other people with their monies, but you know, that's that's what I am. I'm a woman veteran. Like you said, a lot of people we are the invisible veteran. We're often mistaken as the spouse, that type of stuff. So I just really wanted to shine a light on on this underserved segment of the veteran population. Once again, when I use the term veteran, it's for those that are currently serving and those that are already out, you know, that have transitioned out. So really, I just work with them, coach with them one-on-one to come up with a plan, you know, for their finances, you know, whether it's those individuals that are still in, like you said, to help them create that transition plan. That's what I like to call what I call my money, your money battle plan, right? Mm -hmm. To help prepare you for when you transition out. You love the way I play on those words, right? I absolutely (laughs) love it. I absolutely love it. I think what the terminologies and and keeping it real with these guys and gals out there, just let them know that. And just keeping it connected because you keep connected by using that mentality. You're keeping yourself connected to your, your audience. And it's amazing. So I mean, I'm just, it's awesome. That's it. Yeah. That's it. You got to, you know, you got to, that's one thing about entrepreneurship, you know, knowing your market and stuff like that. And that's why I went the way that it went, you know, it's like, okay, well, and you can serve other women and stuff. Yeah, I could, you know, and I do. You know, I volunteer, but I know the language that I speak, <laughs> you know, and I know who my tribe is and who gets me. You know where you've been in. You know where you've been exactly. in. You know where you've been in. <laughs> That's it. I know where I came from. <laughs> That's right. You know where you fit in. You know where you came from. Stay home. Exactly. So it's really, you know, just to a lot of individuals, like you said, they don't have a plan. We weren't taught this stuff, whether it was in the military, whether it was at home, whether it was at school, you know, that type of stuff. So it's really about helping them to one, get organized with their money and then coming with up with a plan based on their values and their goals and their vision, you know, in their life and just coming up with that plan to walk to help you get to what you set out to do. And that's the thing for me is that I just want to show, especially my other women veterans, if I can do it, the single parent of a special needs child, anybody can do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're an inspiration. Don't let the doctor in front of my name fool you or the certifications. I started as an E1. So there's nothing you can't really tell me about it is that you just have to, I educated myself. I made up my mind. I followed 
other experts, Dave Ramsey, Susie Orman, you know, that type of stuff. And I just followed their steps. And that's what I just want to show people. It can be done, but yeah, it starts with your mindset. You have to have a made up mind. You have to be sick and tired of living paycheck to paycheck or worrying about, oh, am I going to have enough to pay for my child's education? Or am I going to, do I have to get a job right away when I transition, right? A lot of people would say, oh, it must be nice to not do anything for a year. Yeah, it was. You know, because I planned for it. You know, if I wanted to work, I could work. Yeah, I prepared and I earned it. But I I didn't want to. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but that's the thing. If you want to work, that's it. That's it. You know, if you want to work, you can work. But I don't I didn't want to have to work. You know, there's individuals that they have to they take off the uniform one day and the next day they're come back in civilian clothes. Because they have, they can't afford not to take vacation or downtime and stuff like that. And I didn't want that to be be me. So I just want to show those individuals where you're still in, you know, how you can get to that path. Or, you know, once you're out to, you know, once to take, make sure you're taking advantage of your benefits just so that you can have a prosperous life, man. Whether it's post-military life, I just want people to have a prosperous life, whatever that means for them. Financial freedom has a different definition based on the individual. So whatever your definition is for financial freedom, I would love the opportunity to be that accountability partner, your battle buddy uh, with you along that way to make sure that you do what you're supposed to do. So, But you have to be able to take it, right? Because I give tough love. <laughs> a little bluntness never hurts, right? A little, hey, a little straight love, right? That's it, you know, and it's all with love. It's all and, with and, and love. And, you know, and that brings and up outcomes a good point. Out of Dr. James. <laughs> hey, like you said, you can't take it out of me. You can't take it out of me. But, you know, yeah, but that brings up a great point, right? Before I work with someone, I have like an assessment call with them, right? Because you can't be battle buddies with just anybody, right? So you just have to make sure that I'm a good fit for you or you're a good fit for me. Uh, so that's really where we start to just meet you where you are based on your goals to see if we can get you where you want to be. Awesome. It is awesome. We are so excited. I'm so excited to have you on, Dr. James. And just getting that out there and letting people know, especially to our female viewers or listeners out there, you know, there are, if you're a female veteran, you're out there listening right now, there are organizations out there just for you, just, just because you were a female yeah. veteran. And like Dr. James says, not like she's going to turn away another veteran, but her focus is females, which is, is honorable because that's who she is. She's a female veteran. And I can respect the hell out of that because it's who she is. But ladies, if you're out there listening, Dr. James and her team, at the, and, and they're going to be there to help you get ready to make you better prepared as a mother, as a wife as just a single woman or a, a veteran who's getting out as a female, they're going to help you. So I would go, you're, you're going to be able to follow the links. They're going to be on our Facebook page and website here soon. Once we get her episode up, check it out, check out what she's doing and then reach out to her and find out what she can do and get you on board and get you in there and get you started. Because like she said, and I said, the earlier you do this, the better prepared you'll be. The earlier you attack this and take yes. Here's the other thing too. It's about a taking accountability. It's about looking at yourself in the mirror and go, yeah, I screwed up my finances, but I can overcome it because now I have Dr. James and her team or I have whatever. I can set this right. And you start taking that positive attitude about how you can control it and get it back under control. And then you get on a team with Dr. James and the battle buddies. Then they're going to hold you accountable too. So it's going to help you because then you got people holding you accountable to stick into your plan once they create that plan with you. So Dr. James, 
I am dumbfounded yeah. and excited about this episode getting <laughs> released, and I'm excited for you. I'm so happy about your your path, and I know having that wonderful daughter of yours that was a challenge for you has only made you a better mother and a better human being because you can understand the, the lifestyle of what people go through sometimes that are struggling so that you have a lot of attributes to what another female veteran can reach out to and link into. So I'm super excited to have you on today. I, I can't say thank you enough. Uh, and I can't wait to get this episode out and let the public hear it so that they're good to go. And then if you're out there listening to this episode, cause it's out there now, check out her Facebook page, check out her website. Cause I'm telling you, I've looked at it and I, there's parts of me like, damn, I wish I was a female veteran. Cause I think that's really how she's focused this. <laughs> to dive in so just jump in there if you're a young lady out there who's thinking about transitioning out or even if you're in the army you got or the military and you got another five or six years before you retire or get out now is the time to get with dr james now is the time to get with them and get in now so you're ready when you get out so you could take a year off if you need to because you prepared so thank you dr james you were amazing thank you so much for being on the show i look forward to talking to you and i'm definitely gonna stay in touch with you girl so there'll definitely be emails coming your way. Things could, because I've got do. tons of soldiers and veterans I deal with every day that are female that I'd love to be able to link up with you. And I'm going to share this on our faith, our nonprofit page and all this other stuff to make sure people are aware you're out there to help them. Thank you so much. I look forward to it. Thank you for the opportunity. Yep. We're excited. Thank you, Dr. James. All right. Well, that's a wrap, everyone. Hope you all got something out of this podcast today. Please tell a battle buddy about us and stay tuned for our upcoming podcast. Don't forget to visit our website at www.veteransbereal.com. Support us because we got your back. Till next time, everyone, I'm out of here. Oh, say-